Welcome to another episode of Backcourt Banter with Becky Peters and Abigail Celtic Corning. We have a very special guest, Adona Thaki. Right? Yep. Yep, yep. You got it. Um, fresh, fresh Fordham grad. Uh, graduated this past year, 2022, right? Spring 2022. And she's going to come on and just drop some, drop some dimes with us while trying not to laugh at Abigail. <laughs> yeah, this is a new scene for me, you know, like looking at Abigail on a Zoom, not making my team work this time. <laughs> well, Welcome, so, A. <laughs> yeah. So I think good context is, you know, Abigail and I played together, but Abigail coached E, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did. We had a lot of heart-to-hearts. A lot of heart-to-hearts. Yeah, Abigail. Lots of soul searching. We, we joke around that Abigail mothered me. I called her Mommy Dobo um, when I was in college. And then when she left, I was really upset, but also really happy for her to begin her new career. But um, yeah, Abigail helped me a lot. She mentored me. Heard, um, heard me cry a lot, saw me cry a lot. So that was fun, but it was all all good lessons she taught me, so which I'm carrying with me now. That's what she now does. our neighbors. We're, we're, yeah, we're now, now Abigail's in Stanford. Yep. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. sweet. Do you commute into the city? E? Well, me? Yeah, yeah, I commute into Jersey, so I'm on a hybrid schedule, which sucks. How do you get to Jersey? With my whip. <laughs> and she ain't playing. It's a nice ride. Listen. <laughs> Becky, I wasn't kidding. You got the whip. You got that. the whip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's amazing. I travel weird. I honestly drive like weird hours of the day because of my work schedule. So I get right. to avoid traffic most of the time. That's because nice. my schedule like is so weird every week. And yeah. it's different. Where I work night shifts or day shifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start there? I mean, you're, so you work, f- so now you work for the NBA, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and- I started, mm-hmm. I started working there in April um, while I was still finishing up school. I'm actually in the broadcasting department. So when I first applied for the job, you know, I was networking with this lady, Kathleen, who Abigail actually put me in touch at the time. Again, Ma- Abigail doing her mommy dobo duties and, you know, <laughs> connecting me with people. but. She actually reached out to me and was like, this role opened up, like, let me know if you want to apply. So I did, you know, not knowing a single thing about broadcasting, honestly. But I thought like, you know, it couldn't hurt to be at the league. You know, that was kind of a dream of mine to be there. I just didn't know in what aspect. So I started working there and they, I applied. And then two weeks later, I started working, which I didn't expect. And I was so like, oh my God, I'm going to enjoy my summer. Like I'm finally going to enjoy my senior spring because I've always had basketball and then that just like didn't happen. So I was also playoff time. Yeah. yeah. And I was also training for my national team at the same time. So I was training for that and working out and, um, you know, trying to live that college life a little bit, like partying. So that was uh, probably not the smartest while running on zero hours of sleep with work and working out, but I made the most of it. And then, started working and my job gave me a month off to go play overseas for my national team in June. So I did that and it was a great experience. It was very transformational and I had a great time and I've just been working here ever since. 
and I love it so far. Um, you know, just still getting adjusted to the crazy schedule of like, you know, the work hours and things like that. But I really love what I do so far. Mm-hmm. That's great. We talk a lot about uh, basketball being able to open doors for people for uh, new experiences, new opportunities to attend a school, um, ways to make friends, really kind of there, the potential there is, is limitless, but you had the chance to go play for your home country. Um, take us through what that experience is like. And then, and then maybe also kind of looking back how your college experience helped prep you for playing on a big stage like that. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for those who don't know, obviously Abigail knows this because we've talked a lot about it, but you know, I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. So that itself, that's how I use basketball as a tool to like, mm-hmm. you know, get a greater education and then get my master's. Um, you know, my parents didn't go to college. My siblings didn't go to college. So I didn't really have anyone to like look up to or like that role model. Like I didn't know when I was younger, I didn't even know you could play D1, D2, D3. Like it just, you know, it wasn't talked about. I had no idea until I came across like this home co- um, a coach in Stanford who kind of took me under his wing and just trained me and was like, hey, you could do this and this if you, you know, you become good at it. So that's how that kind of started. And then that's mm-hmm. when I realized, like, I could really use basketball to get a college degree, you know, for free. <laughs> so I, you know, I trade, you know, I trained according to my aspirations at that point. And then I started off at a junior college first, you know, UConn Avery Point, because I tore my ACL twice in high school. So to keep that dream alive, I had to choose like a different route. And I always wanted to play D1. So I knew that the only way to do that was to go to that junior college route as much as I like hated it because, you know, all my friends were often playing D1, D2. And I just felt like I was kind of stuck at like, it wasn't a D1, D2 or three. I mean, it was just, it was a tough experience, but it honestly helped prepare me for Fordham. So then mm-hmm. I walked on to Fordham. Um, oh, sorry. Popping. Um, I walked on to Fordham. I knew it was going to be difficult, you know, physically and mentally. I wouldn't be expected to play as much, but, you know, I still kind of viewed that as no job is too big or too small. So I kind of took that and Abigail was there to help me a lot through it because it was, you know, it wasn't the easiest to sit on the bench for four years. But, um, you know, I found different ways to kind of separate myself, whether that was building relationships with coaches and players and um, being the best teammate I could be and, you know, those things. So then that I feel like all those qualities kind of carried over into my life now. I don't know if I yeah. answered your question. You, you totally <laughs> did. And, and I do second everything you said. You definitely made the most of every opportunity you had um, to just – gets get better both personally professionally and on the basketball court um and and it wasn't necessarily a conventional route but that's what's great about basketball there doesn't have to be one way to get to your dream um you know you you take an opportunity to go play at a juco uh get some more experience get some training get stronger and then prove yourself that you're worthy to be on a division one team um and you have a ring to prove it and that's what's great about basketball too. It's a, it's a team sport. So as much as your minutes weren't as high as some of the other players, your effort and positivity towards the team were, were always there. So kudos to you. Um, 
I want to take it back to coming out of high school and like making that JUCO decision. What were some of those factors? Um, we want we're trying to cater to people that are are taking different, having different experiences in the basketball world. So, um, coming yeah. out of high school, what was it like? What was it like at a JUCO? And yeah. and what were those steps you were taking then to be able to transition? Because because JUCO to D one, that's a that's a big jump. So, what was that like? Yeah. For you? Well, it's funny that you were, you know, you were saying like the one way because for so long I always thought like, oh, there's only one way you get to play D1 basketball. And I used to be so stressed out that I wouldn't reach that goal because I got hurt twice and then I didn't ne- necessarily go straight to playing at the, you know, D1 or D2, D3 level. Like I went to junior college, but I didn't realize that there were so many different ways. Like originally, actually, I was supposed to go do a prep year. I was supposed to go to Suffield Mm -hmm. Academy and they had given me a full ride to do that. So I was going to use that year while it's, while it's technically an extra year of high school. um, I was going to use that to just get better, stronger and all those things. Like my grades were good, but um, I needed it for the basketball aspect in order to get back on the recruiting radar. So then that's when I tore my ACL the second time, like three weeks before having to go there. So it just made no sense for me to go there because you know, academically, I would be just kind of setting myself back. So I actually, it's kind of a long story, but I stayed home for a year, you know, in that gap, I was at UConn Stanford, and I stayed as a part time student to save my eligibility for college. Because and that's through the Mm. help of Coach K, who Abigail, you met, but I stayed home to kind of rehab my knee mentally and all that stuff. Um, And honestly, I just wasn't in the place mentally either like I stayed home what took part-time classes at UConn Stanford so I still was getting college credits but still saving my eligibility for four years so after I did that and I was fully ready to go then I went to junior college which which was UConn Avery Point and it's about an hour and a half from here so I did that for a year um and it's very very different from D1 like it's nowhere near as competitive as a division one team like our practices and that's not to like blame anyone or anything, but it's just, it's a different type of level. Like, yeah. you know, I met, I was, it was, it was very difficult for me because I was such a homebody person. So living away from home and also coming off an injury, like they were all huge adjustments, but honestly, like I look back on that time now and I'm thankful for it because I met some great people there and it kind of taught me to like grind it out. Like I didn't have things given to me, like I had to earn everything. So mm that's how it kind of prepared me to go to Fordham. But still, when I went to Fordham, I was like, Oh, shoot, like, this is a different ball game. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you grew up in Connecticut? Yes. So even so even though you're going to a school in the same state, you you were still felt like yes. homesick. It was the first time, you know, you're actually living away from home, right? Yeah, I'm a mama's girl. Um, my mom, Hatman, phrase <laughs> Hatman. She, you know, she really babied me a lot. So I was just so attached to my mom. Um, so when I had to live away from home, it was just, it was really hard for me. And on top yeah. of it being, I never really dealt with change really easily. Like mm. I hated being uncomfortable, but now mm. I look back on my career and the more times I've been uncomfortable and uncomfortable, it, it's like, I've been more adjusted to kind of reacting to those uncomfortable situations to be able to like mm-hmm. get past that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I mean, you're, you're dropping gold life lessons, talking about being nah, almost being nah, comfortable nah. being, yeah, being uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's a huge one. 
Um, no job is too big or too small. That right there, I don't know if y'all picked up on that, but that if you if you can incorporate that into your life, you you'll be good. You'll be good. Um, so you walked on at Fordham, like you 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 gave you know all of these feats, tore your ACL twice before you even stepped on a college college uh, basketball court. Um, and then you decided to walk <clears throat> on at Fordham. You know, yeah. was that was that your only like opportunity? Like, did you would you want to stay close to home? Maybe <laughs> um, like what? <laughs> you know, how come you decided to um, walk on? So in high school, I had a lot of, I had a lot of D one interest, but I didn't have any scholarships on the table. Um, okay. After I got hurt, those kind of like disappeared. So when I was in the middle of my junior college year, you know, reaching out to schools, a lot of schools were telling me the same thing of like we don't have a scholarship available, but hey, you could earn one or whatever. So it seemed like mm-hmm. kind of walking on was my only route at the time, or um, I could go D3 or D2, but I was so okay. fixated on playing D1 because I was like, I invested, you know, way too much time and effort to just give up now and just be like, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and chase that D1 dream. So then when I went mm-hmm. to Fordham, me and my coach went to visit, you know, we went to a practice and Coach Gately there and obviously Abigail and the whole staff was still my entire staff. I've had the whole my whole time there. Oh, no, some people left actually. <laughs> A lot of people left, I forgot. But um, it happens. everyone was so welcoming and, you know, really kind of op- opened their arms when I came. And I just felt like such a family environment as soon as I came there. And I was like, I want to go here. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like Coach Gailey kind of made that, Um, she was, she made a known to me, like, I don't care if you're a walk-on or a scholarship player, if you can play, like, you will play. Whereas mm-hmm. I didn't feel that probably with other schools and also being close Mm. to home and it's high academics. Like they all just kind of made sense to me. And Mm -hmm. so then that's why I was like, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself, so to say. And I knew it was going to be a challenge physically, mentally, but I always try to minimize challenges and kind of take them on. So Mm -hmm. I took that challenge and yes, I didn't play still, but I, I know I can look back on my career and be like, I gave it all I had. Like I still did my extra workouts and all those things just as of mm-hmm. one day my name was going to be called. I knew I was ready. Um, so awesome. I, I never, you know, I never changed the way I showed up. Like I, at least I tried not to, but you know, obviously that's not to say there weren't my tough days where I was like, yeah. why am I doing this? But you know, that's where I feel like your character is revealed of like those times when it's 100%. not your turn, you know, See, you, you did it again. Up <laughs> and dimes again. Yeah. that's stop, right stop, it's, stop, it's all it's it's amazing how how quickly a team dynamic can change from when it's all good and we're winning till we start losing you know I start dribbling yeah. the ball off my foot you know <laughs> we start missing shots yeah. then then we see what you know what what team really means so I think that's that's really important yeah. another thing that we've um you know kind of talked about in the past with with some of our guests is like you know, it's kind of the job of a college coach to like market and, you know, basically put on a show for recruitment purposes, you know, and you said, yeah. you were saying that when you went to Fordham, it felt like family, like, you know, yeah. and you felt like they really welcomed you just on your visit. Did you feel like that was consistent? Did you feel like it was, you know, you got more or is actually low less, not as welcoming when you, when you were there? No, when I, so when I first went there for practice and I was going there for pickup, I, something I like really tried to pay attention to was like, how are team like, how are the girls acting, you know, towards each other, you know, especially in times when like, 
let's say someone does dribble off their foot, is that teammate like picking them up or like cursing them out? So -hmm. those are things I try to kind of pick up on because those when you're at your realist form, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're not really trying to hide like, hey, there's this recruit here. So I'm going to try and be fake. Um, Mm. And I always felt that with Fordham like that it had its culture of like, you know, being the best teammate you could be having that positive environment. And even when I came, that's how I still felt like I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was treated any differently because I was a I wasn't a scholarship player. And that's something, you know, it took a while for me to kind of understand because I so often I confused my playing time and my val like my value with my role, even though my mm-hmm. role was someone who sat on the bench. And I always thought that I didn't matter until I realized mm-hmm. like, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't play. Like you could still impact your teammates and people in other ways. And I didn't realize that unfortunately 100%. until probably like my senior year, you know, when I really 100%. Even now, when I go back, they're like, you don't know, like, we don't have people on the bench like you, you know, it's just like, you don't realize that. stuff. Wow. What a great there. compliment. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You got so an awesome bench game. Yeah. It's so easy to compliment, like the, the leading score or the all-star it's like, oh yeah. But like to get complimented for your bench skills, that's, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, my so bench for you. tight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just I just love your story because now you look at it like obviously with a job in the NBA, um, people are wanting to do that. I mean, out of college, if I could have worked for the NBA, I would have worked for the NBA, but I I didn't get in. So it's just like a tribute to like your character and ability to talk to people and network and like build those relationships that you talked about and that you can tell that's like something you super that's super close and that you value a lot because obviously you were looking for it at Fordham or at wherever you were going to play next. Um, And you kind of just fully embraced and embodied that yourself. Um, So yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I was, I was probably on staff when you first got there. So glad that I could welcome you into the Fordham maroon. Um, we talk about, we talked about some coaches. Um, I know you had your coach who impacted you at in Stanford and then, um, your JUCO coach and then, um, coach Gately. So outside of like that family atmosphere that coach was able to provide you, what are some of those other coaching qualities that you think make a good coach, um, things that you were really looking for when you were going through that process of deciding where you were going to land next? Yeah. So, I mean, but are you asking like what makes a good coach or like the other qualities that I like appreciated or yeah well for me yeah like what I, were you looking for yeah I think for me when I realized that I really wasn't playing I really appreciated and at this time like even the coaches don't know this or probably Abigail, you even know this but just like making my like make, making me feel like I still brought something to the team you know that I was still an important role to that team even when times like I felt like oh, I am sitting on the bench. Like, I'm not that person that's scoring 20 points a game. We won, but I didn't contribute in any way. Like, you guys did such a good job of still making everyone feel like they contributed, even if they played zero minutes or the full game. And I think those are the things, like, I wanted to do more. You know, I wanted to be better because you guys made me feel that way. You know, if it wasn't for that, I I oftentimes wonder if, like, I had a bad coaching staff, like, I probably would have left to be honest, because like where you're not going to stay somewhere you're not valued or appreciated, you know, and that's 
it goes hand in hand with like why I came back for an extra year too. Yeah. Even though I still didn't play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. That's awesome. And it's, say, I think, I th- yeah, no, I think, I think that's one of those things you sometimes don't get to experience until you're in it. Yeah. So it's hard when you're being recruited. Like you can see, you get a vibe, you can see like family atmosphere, you can get a, get a feeling, but then once you're truly yeah. in it and you're still experiencing that, I think that's definitely unique. I think it's rare. Um, you know, you hear a lot of other horror stories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that like what you saw surface level during that recruiting process is actually what played out. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always mm-hmm. like that, but. Or I also, um, I also feel yeah. like, you know, coaches don't realize, or some coaches don't realize like those little things really make such a difference of like, even those times, like Abby, we used to just get coffee, like at Starbucks. And, like, you took an hour out of your day to, like, chat and catch up with me. Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, people, like, all the other coaches and people who I connected with didn't have to do that. And that, or staying after practice to rebound for me, you know, that's where you feel connected with a person. And, like, Mm -hmm. you matter. And your role is still important. Who you are as a person is more important than what you're doing on the basketball court. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I mean, as, as you're talking about, like, feeling welcomed, I'm, so when I played back in my day, <laughs> um, so I started Fordham when I was a senior in high school. So the year before I got to Fordham, zero one, Fordham won zero games, zero for 20, wow. whatever, yeah. right? So my freshman year, that's, that's, you know, that's the year where we're getting into it. Um, and yeah. we ended up winning eight games that year. But anyway, I'm just kind of giving you little background right so that's how we started and I graduated 2012 and then two years later y'all go ahead and win the 810 championship (laughs) with Miss Abigail Miss Abigail you know running the show your senior Mm -hmm. year right Abigail yep senior year yeah yeah because Abigail. yeah and I I was getting I was getting slack in my hometown for committing to Fordham because people were looking at that goose egg in the wind column a few years prior and were like why would you commit to Fordham but it's so many other factors that play into why you go to a school. We talked about it, right. academics, right. location, right. coaches, that feel. So, yeah. And also, yeah. and also opportunity. Right. But anyway, the point of my story is, so, you know, uh, one could say I helped build the foundation of four miles a part of that. Yeah. Process. Yeah. You and laid the ground. So, you are the cornerstone. So, so coach Gailey would always say that every time she saw me, she said that, and no one else says that to me, which is fine. But the fact that she said that really, really meant a lot to me and it meant like, Oh, well maybe, maybe she's right. You know? Um, yeah. But it's nice to feel those little things like that little comment or the coffee, you know, uh, those, and it's just like, and it's just like cheering for your team uh, on the bench. You know, you think it doesn't matter, yeah. but when you bounce the ball off your foot and your teammates are cheering for you, as opposed to putting their head downs, that makes a big difference when you're playing on the court. So for sure, little things, little things. Um, one big thing, kind of big thing. Well, and we'll, we'll end with this question. E. Uh, NIL and student athletes get paid, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting because you walked on. So no scholarship when you started, yeah. but you, did you, you ended up with some scholarship by the end or no? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. I think in my second year, I forget. I was surprised a few times. Probably okay. like they scared me to death <laughs> a few times. But <laughs> we, um, well, yeah, I, I was surprised. That was a really nice. Um, yeah. Gesture. So, so it would be interesting to hear from your perspective. 
Um, like, what do you think about student athletes getting paid and NIL and, and what's happening yeah. now with athletics? Personally, I think it's giving a lot of power to student athletes, um, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to recruiting. I think they're more interested in the NIL deals instead of the school. Um, mm. I remember I was, you know, at our tip off event and the head men's basketball coach was just talking about NIL deals, how, you know, recruits are literally asking. So what kind of NIL deals do you guys try to get us? Like that's become a question that students are asking. For me, I mean, now I look at it and I'm like, wow, this girl's making like $20,000 just this semester. Like that would have been nice to have. Or like sure. every girl on the team is just For getting a certain amount. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now you get where I'm going. But um, I think it's cool. Like you're finally being paid or rewarded for what you do because it is a full-time job. But um, mm -hmm. I think it's also making it very hard in the coaches of like how much control do, do they really have over things now? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, I was able to need do a like few. a new staff member, like, you know, player development yeah. and NIL or sponsorship sales. I don't know. Cause you gotta, you gotta get their name out there unless, unless you already got all the followers on social media, then it's an easy sell. But right. Especially for smaller schools. I mean, there might not be as many opportunities or as many much visibility out there if you're not yeah. on TV every week. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes in the next few years, as I know it's still pretty yeah. fresh, but I know you, I, I think you had a couple smaller ones. Yeah. Um, I yeah so what'd you tap into? You took advantage. Um, I know. Yeah. I took advantage of my beans. I was trying to get my money, but um, <laughs> no, but all like, <laughs> What you were saying, though, it is so true. I feel like if you're not like the Yukons and like those big schools, I feel like those are the people who are really benefiting from it. Whereas us mid-majors and um, low D1s, like I was able to do Moolah Kicks. Um, they reached out to me and I was able to be like a brand ambassador for them. So I was paid for that. Um, Liquid IV, a lot of our my teammates did. Um, I actually did a few commercials I was like on a NBA 2K commercial and Google Pixel commercial. So those were things That's I cool. was able to do. Um, I forget what else I did. It wasn't, I remember it wasn't because when I was in school, it was so brand new that like no one had had any idea what was going on or what was allowed. Um, that I think people were still afraid of like, am I going to like lose my eligibility or something? Yeah. Because people or still didn't scholarship. Know. Yeah. So I really didn't get to do too much. Now, if we were talking about now, I probably could have gotten something, but. <laughs> so how did you get exposed to those deals? I'm just curious. Honestly, um, Moolah Kicks have reached out to me. How many Instagram followers do you have? Not a lot, like 3,200. Yeah, I'm rolling with 2,500 trying, <laughs> trying to keep up. No, yeah, not I mean, on her level <laughs> not that much only three thousand. no but i said I you gotta get on her level <laughs> i know so was it through insta i'm asking was it through instagram? yeah through like instagram yeah well also i know one of my teammates now there's like a nil agency type that people are starting up and finding deals for you and catering them to what you want to do or like what are what your values are and things like that do you yeah. wear moolah kicks do i what do you wear moolah kicks? No, I do not. Okay. I did, like, when I would 
work out sometimes i wore them yeah so you've it's also a female owned brand so i really liked it and that's another thing i feel like when you're representing something you have to think about is this true to who i am for sure for sure yeah can't just follow the money although i feel like some people will you got to remember, no, that, especially at the college age, like you're, you're building your personal brand for the rest of your life. You're setting yourself up and it's tough. I mean, we talk a lot, we've talked with other guests about like, these are your prime years, 18 to 23, yeah. first time living away from home, trying to figure things out. And now we throw NIL on top of that. You don't want, mm-hmm. you know, that's just added stress comparisons to what your teammates are doing. So I'm wondering if you think, will this throw off some of that locker room camaraderie that so many teams have seen um, because now there's money. Now there's dollar signs that are on yeah. the table and, and people are be competing for that. Yeah, that's a great point. I actually, I thought about, because I saw some girls at a big time level get their entire team like sneakers. I think it was Paige Beckers who actually did it too. And some other girl from another team, but from her N ideal money that she got, it was like a Christmas gift to all her teammates. But it's, I feel like it's also like, um, you know, how's it making the other teammates feel like, Oh, she's getting all this stuff. Why am I not? Or how can I? So I don't know. I feel like I'm just like thinking of the personalities on our, my Fordham team. Like, I don't think anyone would care to be honest, but I feel like, at the big time level, I feel like it's a different ball game. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like we were talking about on the basketball court, like if th- when things are going well, it's all good. But when things start getting a little tricky, mm-hmm. you know, then it's like, if I got, if I got love for Abigail and she gets these deals, like I'm just have more love for her. Like it's all good. Right. But if I'm that, jealous yeah. or got issues, it's just going to be more exaggerated. And that actually is what money does. It usually I think that's also what's already there. Yeah, I think that's also like what kind of people are in your corner, you know, I think probably if somebody's hating on you because you're getting these deals, then are they really a good friend then? I say no. Like if I'm rich, if I'm rich, you're rich too, like, you know? That's what I'm talking about, E! Yes! (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Killed it. Oh, yes. Well, E, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was nice to chat with you and I'm sure you and Abigail had a good chat with the good banter. (laughs) It's nice, you know, not that it's like roles reversed or any way, but this time it's like not Abigail, like giving me advice, like 24 (laughs) seven. Yeah. (laughs) I'm asking you to repeat the advice that I've given you over the years, but just from your own words. (laughs) No, for real. (laughs) Fun fact, fun fact, Abigail. Abigail's a you know a ghostwriter for me and she would edit a lot of my papers and then I would go look at the revisions I'd be like oh she changed the whole paragraph it's all good <laughs> like hey you're welcome we all need an editor sometimes Thank you. some some need to be a little more heavy-handed than others but you know oh, yep. it's all good it's all good um yeah well thank you E and uh we'll talk to you later thanks for having me on guys peace